Like Mal said, my name is Monica. I am also a missionary. I haven't met you yet. I'm sorry. Please come say hi after this. I'd love to get to know you. Um, and yeah, Mal really just introduced that super well as to what I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, but first, I was thinking about this and how many of you guys, especially in the middle of the semester where we're at, are like big fans of like checklists. Like I like to have a to-do list, then I can like cross it off. It's like a really satisfying feeling. It comes to me like cross that thing off. Um, yeah, this is me, but like to an extreme. Uh, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, I literally woke up in the morning, made breakfast, and as I was eating breakfast, I was writing this checklist of like things to do on my Saturday that were like, go work out, go do this fun thing that you want to do, go bake cookies, go call this friend, call this friend. And I just remember like making this list and being like, this is extreme. Why am I living my life this way? Um, but really like, that is just a person that I've been like my whole life. Um, I was always, I'm always trying to like get the next thing done, get the next thing done, which is, isn't a bad thing, um, but just helpful that I'm aware of that when it comes to how I live my life. Because um, kind of like Mal said, yeah, this story is going to be um, in a way the start of my conversion, but it actually kind of starts in the middle of my conversion. Um, so my senior year of high school, I, in November, had gone on this retreat, and on that retreat, I really encountered God. Um, he became real and alive for me for the first time, and I knew without a doubt that He loved me and that He cared for me, um, and that made my life different. That gave my life meaning, and I wanted to live um, with Him and for Him. But um, through all of that, what I was really doing was like living this checklist. Um, I was living this checklist of, okay, I'm, I haven't been to, hadn't been going to mass regularly. I'm going to start going to mass every Sunday. I hadn't been going to confession if I had missed mass or if I had fallen into sin. And now I'm actually going to go to confession. Um, I was trying to avoid sin. I was going to a Bible study every week. I was doing all of the right things. And that's what I assumed that like living my faith and living a life with God meant. Um, and in all of that, I feel like after living my life with like starting to, do the right things. My life was like turning out pretty well. Um, as a senior, I was um, a four-year starter on the varsity soccer team and was starting to get look, looking at playing in college. Um, and so my soccer success was really taking off. Um, I was doing really well in school. I had finally made like a solid group of friends that I knew loved me and cared for me and that like, yeah, I had friends to hang out with on the weekends. Um, I finally, in my fourth year, got a role in the musical that wasn't just chorus. I was, um, I had a name, my, my character's name was Mac and I had two lines. It was, it was a big deal. Basically I was thriving and riding high my senior year. Um, but then I went on this retreat and it was on this retreat that um, really my life changed again pretty radically. Um, and it started when I heard this gospel passage that we all had just heard, we all just heard two weeks ago. Um, it's from the gospel of Matthew. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and followed him. So in this passage, um, you have two sets of brothers. You have Peter and Andrew, and you have James and John. Um, and they're doing what they've known they should be doing their whole life. 
They, it even says in here, they were fishermen. Um, so they're out on their boat and they're fishing. And um, with what we know about these four men, um, they likely were devout Jews. They like, likely were living life according to the right checklist. They were doing everything as they should. Um, and they were tr- striving to be excellent at what they were doing. They were trying to be good fishermen. Um, but in that fateful day, um, Jesus comes up to them. And he sees them and he calls them. And he says, come, follow me. And what we hear is that immediately they left their boat. And in the case of James and John, immediately they left their boat and their father. And when you think about this and you know about their lives and the culture there, um, these men had been training to be fishermen since probably they could walk. Um, I like to picture like little Peter and Andrew running around and like trying to get into their dad's boat and be like, daddy, can I go fishing with you? Um, cause it's really like, that's what their dad would have done before them. And that's what they would have been from as early as they could walk. They would have known that this is my job. I'm going to be a fisherman and I'm going to be a great fisherman. And that's how I'm going to provide for myself. And that's how I'm going to provide for my family. And that's how I'm going to do what's right. Um, we don't really have the same type of like apprenticeship in our culture today. Um, But in the same way that fishing was their livelihood and their future and their security, that'd be like you going to med school to find out that someone is asking you to do something other than be a doctor. Or going and getting a degree in business and then going on and getting your MBA and finding out that actually someone is asking you to do something different and to not use that degree at all. Um, So it's a pretty big deal. This is everything they had put their trust in for the future was now being asked of them in order to follow this man, in order to follow Jesus. Um, and we hear that they, they did it immediately. And it seems like so easy that like, oh yeah, immediately they just let their nets go and they followed Jesus. Um, but if you think about in that moment, um, there's no way giving up something that grand could have been so easy. There's no way that giving up something that um, significant, that uh, important in their lives, and that that they had only known their whole lives would have been easy. Because ever since the fall, and if you guys, um, for those of you who've been in consistent Bible studies, you've heard about this, that in the fall we realized and we thought that we couldn't trust God. That's what Satan tempted Eve with, and that's what continues to like exist in the human heart. Um, and so when it comes to the idea of these four men surrendering everything over to Jesus and like giving up their lives. Um, yeah, something in their heart didn't want to do that. Something in their heart didn't want to trust. And yet they did. And so I heard the same story and I heard the same explanation um, from the priest at my church um, who I respected and admired a lot. I saw just in the way that he lived his life and in the little that I knew him that he was incredibly holy and that he was living a joyous and abundant life that he um it wasn't necessarily an easy life but he really did love the life he was living and knew that his life um, had a purpose and was something bigger than himself and so he's telling this story and he's talking to us as high schoolers about how he has done the same as these apostles about how he's dropped his nets and giving everything over um in order to follow jesus um in order to respond to this call that jesus had for him And that wasn't just being a priest, um, but that was actually more of just a full surrendering of his life that eventually led to him becoming a priest. But the first thing he had to do was surrender his life to Jesus. And I remember him saying, um, because all of us who were on this retreat, we were all like 
checking the boxes. We were all there. We were all going to Bible study. We, our faces were known. We were known around our church um, as the, the teens who were involved. And he goes, you guys, I know you, and I know that you've dipped your toes in the water, but you haven't jumped all the way in. And you'll never be satisfied if you just keep dipping your toes in. Because the adventure and the excitement comes in diving right in and swimming out into the deep um, and being all in and holding nothing back. And so I heard this and I was like, I want this. I didn't know that I wanted this, but this is what I want. Um, Because now I see that there is something more than just this life of checking the boxes that I've been living. Um, And so I was, gosh, this is um, my first ever prayer journal that I started when I was 17. Um, If you don't journal when you pray, I highly recommend it. It's super helpful, um, especially for times like this when I need to go back and see what God has done in my life that led me to being here where I am today. Um, And so I was praying about this and I was like, okay, what what is this net? What do I need to let go of? What's holding me back from um, following Jesus? Um, And so this this is what I came up or came to and came to realize in myself. I think the uncertainty and ambiguity is what is stopping me from dropping the net. If I live life according to my plans, I can predict what is going to happen because I know what I want to happen. But if I surrender it all to God, I have no idea what he has in store for me or what his plan is for my life. And I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. It really just comes down to complete and total trust in the Lord. And to trust him, I have to know him. And so I realized this. And, um, yeah, it just came to the realization that I was clinging to wanting to control my future. I was clinging to wanting to decide what was going to happen next. I was going to go to college. I was going to play soccer in college. I was going to get a degree in athletic training. I was going to become an athletic trainer and then go on to med school and become a sports physician. That was the plan. That's what everything worked out. A lot of success was involved and it was going to be great. Um, but it was on that retreat, um, after coming to this realization, that I made that decision to drop that net, to let go of control, let go of my plans, um, and actually just give God the freedom to ask me to do whatever he wanted me to do in, um, in my life. Um, and even writing, starting today, I place my life in your hands, Lord. I give you everything, and you can take total charge of my life. Um, and so looking back on this, this seems like a huge yes, right? It's like one big, profound, like, yes, God, you can have this control. Um, but this big, profound yes, it seemed like a huge moment in my life, actually was the, just the gateway to a lot of other small yeses. Um, little yeses that I didn't know uh, what they would lead to. That time seven years ago, I didn't know that saying yes to Jesus would mean that I would actually go out to Nebraska and I would get a degree in education. Um, and it, by getting a degree in education, I would choose my emphasis in Spanish, and I'd actually spend four incredible months studying abroad in Europe and experiencing all these incredible experiences. And I didn't know that saying yes meant that um, through following God, I would encounter my best friend. Um, when I think about the people in my life who I love the most and who I know love me the most, um, they're all people who have come into my life after giving um, this yes. Um, these friends that I love and cherish so dearly that I wouldn't know if I hadn't surrendered my life to Jesus. Um, I, wouldn't, I didn't know that I was going to go on four mission trips to foreign countries. One of them happening, like I found out three days before, and they're like, you're going to Argentina. And I was like, okay, here we go. 
Um, but all these experiences and all these people that I've met since saying yes to Jesus and because I said yes to Jesus and surrendered my life to him um, have profoundly changed my life in ways that I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I didn't know them and if I hadn't experienced what I've experienced. But also in those yeses, I had no idea that God would call me to be a missionary, um, that he would call me to Chicago, but also that he would call me to be a missionary who would move three times in three years. Um, I would have to say some pretty heart-wrenching goodbyes to those people that I'd come to know and love um, by saying yes to him. And I didn't realize that um, I was going to have to deal with the fact that my dad wasn't supportive of me being a missionary. And I was going to have to suffer through his, um, in a sense, disappointment and lack of support. I didn't know that saying yes meant that I was going to be rejected when I asked people if they wanted to join my Bible study or if they wanted to meet up or um, if they wanted to come to Mass with me. Um, And I didn't realize that in saying yes, I would have to suffer through so many awkward conversations and awkward encounters. And guys, if you know me, I like don't do well in awkward. Like I make it more awkward by just acknowledging the awkward. So um, I had no idea that that's what I was saying yes to. But the reality is, is that we were created to be saints. We were created um, for sainthood. And that's what all this is worth. And so I remember when I first heard this idea of like, yeah, we're all trying to be saints. We want to be saints. I remember being like, I'm pretty sure to be a saint, you have to have two canonized or two verified miracles by the Vatican. And like your life gets like investigated. And like, yeah, I don't think we're all going to go through that. Um, my youth minister was like, yep, fair, right. Um, and just re, re-explaining it, that a saint is someone who's in heaven. Um, it doesn't matter if they have a capital ST in front of their name, um, if they're known, or like have a feast day. But a saint is someone who has said yes to God and is in heaven because um, they ran the race and they've done it and they lived a life um, not holding on to any nets. And they lived a life of total surrender to God. Um, in the catechism, it even says that God created us to share in his own blessed life, which means he created us to be in heaven. The people who are in heaven are saints. And so really, we were created to be saints. In this, um, Leon Bloy has this quote that I just like absolutely love. Um, and yeah, it always reminds me of really the purpose of this all. But he says, there's only one tragedy in the end, to not have been a saint The worst thing is not to commit crimes, but rather not to accomplish the good that one could have done. And what he's saying is that it's not just enough to do, to not do wrong. It's not just enough to do the bare minimum and to, to try to not go to hell at the end of our lives. But really the great tragedy is to not become who we were called to be and to not live into that sainthood that we were called to, to not live up to the greatness that God has created us for. But in that as well, you have to recognize that you can't stumble into sainthood. No one becomes a saint by accident. Um, Peter, when we look at him, he didn't become Saint Peter just because he avoided doing what was wrong and ran a good fishing business. Peter became Saint Peter because he met Jesus. He heard the call that Jesus had for his life, and he decided to follow. And so all of you here, in some way, you've given a yes whether it's to a Bible study or um, to meeting up with us or you're around here a lot, and you you recognize that God has a part in your life. Um, And that's huge and that's incredible, and we don't want to discount that. Um, 
But the reality is also that he's calling you in this same way that he called Peter and Andrew and James and John. And he's calling you in the same way that he called me and he called Mallory and he called Father Connor and Becca and Daniel and Ryan. He's calling you in the same way um, to drop your nets, to leave behind what might be defining you and to radically follow him. Um, And for you, I don't know what that next step is. Um, Some of you, it might be actually going to confession for the first time in years um, or going back to mass on Sundays. Um, It might be making time every day, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes just for daily prayer. It might be that you don't even know either. And you're like, help, we, I don't know what I need to do. Yeah, guys, our job here in Focus is to create, to help build up saints so that more saints can be built up as well. And so that's what we're here for. Um, But ultimately that next step is surrendering your life to him. And just as I understood um, back when I first heard this call, you can't surrender your life to someone that you don't know. You can't trust someone that you don't know. And so you have to know him and you have to let yourself be known by him. Whatever it is, there's a call that he has for you right now. But because there is something that God's asking of you, and you haven't, we haven't done it yet, um, there's something that's stopping you. That's some net that, that we're clinging to. Um, something that we place our security in. Whether it's our reputations, our time, our, a particular sin we might be struggling with, what our friends think of us, what our family thinks of us. There's something that we're holding on to that we're not giving God full control over. But I ask that question of like, what could be more important than becoming a saint? What could be more important than saying yes to the greatness that you've been created for and that you've been called to live up to? And so the final question that he and that I have for you is this. Whatever that net is, whatever it is that um, might be holding you back from radically following Christ and being his intentional disciple, are you willing to drop it? to surrender yourself to him and to let him lead you into something great, to leave behind whatever it is that might be defining you and instead let yourself be defined as a son or a daughter and a future saint. Because the reality is, is there's only one tragedy in the end and that's to have held onto your nets and to not have been a saint. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.